Hey everyone, welcome to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. I'm Loren, and I will be interviewing some of the top leaders and innovators from the dance and acrobatic industry. If you are a teacher, performer, student, or a lifelong learner like myself, you are sure to find these episodes intriguing and full of inspiration. Acrobatic Arts is passionate about providing current and relevant information for everyone. So please, sit back and enjoy as we share our passion with you and the world. Happy New Year, everyone. We are so lucky to start Season 2 of the podcast with none other than Mandy Yip. Mandy is the CEO and founder of Acrobatic Arts, and today she is going to share some wonderful advice on running a successful business. Welcome back to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast, Mandy. I'm so excited to be here, Miss Loren. It's just so amazing that we're a whole year in. We've had so many awesome guests, and I, I really love what you've done with this uh, podcast. I know it's hard to believe that we're starting season two. Mandy, you were a guest on the podcast twice in season one, episode three and episode 13. If any of our podcast listeners want to learn more about you, your background, and how you created acrobatic arts, I totally invite them to search out those episodes and have a listen. Because today we're going to talk to you all about the things it takes to run a successful business. So when you were on the podcast last, we talked about your ability to run a great business, and even more so that you were able to do that during this global pandemic. There were a few things that stood out to me in this conversation. One of them is that, and it should be no surprise based on your track record, but you're an incredibly resourceful person. Would you agree? And where does that come from? Yes, I would definitely agree with you. I think my resourcefulness comes from a place of necessity. I really don't have any choice. I have really big ideas. I want to do big things. I, I collaborate with other people and hear other ideas and think, oh, that would be a fun idea to do. But I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the time. I don't have the talent to make any of those things happen. And so I've had to search out people who have those abilities to, in order to make anything that I want to have happen, happen. And thank God I did, because I found such amazing people along the road, uh, people who are so much more talented than I am, people who are so much smarter than I am, uh, who've been able to really push forward ideas that would have never looked like they look without those amazing talents. So I think that's where the, the resourcefulness comes from. And like I said, I'm just so thankful that that has happened. Not to mention that those people have now become amazing friends in my life as well. That's always a bonus. Last year, you also gave us some solid advice when asked about tips for running a great business. You said, find people that are better than you and get them involved. Try to surround yourself with people that challenge you or who do things differently and who don't necessarily agree with everything you do, or they might question why you do the things you do. Why do you think inviting that kind of pushback on your team makes you and acrobatic arts better? Yeah, absolutely. It's my hope that my team feels free to push back. I always tell my people when they start with me that I am totally open and that you can't offend me. So really feel free to bring it forward to me. Anything that you have, whether that's an idea or whether that's a criticism on something that we're doing or if that's a praise. Um, any, any idea that you have, nothing is off limits. 
And the other thing that I think I've been able to do through practice is learn how not to be emotional about those things when they come to me. So when somebody brings me an idea or a criticism, I'm able to just listen to it objectively and manage that idea into something that's going to work for our company. So I think that's a really important piece of running a business. And if I could give it another piece of advice to a young business owner, it would be to learn how to not take things personally and learn how not to be uh, emotionally invested in things when they don't need to be emotionally invested in. And, and trust me, it takes practice. I certainly wasn't like that when I started my first business, which was a dance studio. Uh, I remember many sleepless nights where I would stay up all night thinking about something that somebody had brought to me, whether it was a parent complaining or one of my staff members that didn't think that something I did was uh, done well enough. And I mean, of course, like everybody here who's listening and certainly myself, I put my heart and soul into these projects. So hearing that kind of criticism, you know, it hurts at first. And through time, I was able to learn that instead of feeling that emotionally, if I can objectively listen to it, I can actually grow and become better. And that is a gift. So it was a change in, in the frame of mind that I had in, in listening to those kinds of things that, that changed how I heard them and then that changed who I was in a way. And I think acrobatic arts is, is a worldwide company and that's only a result of a strong team. What would you say is your definition of a strong team? I think a strong team needs to have diversity. It has to have diversity in the people um, by their age. So for example, we have millenniums on, millennials on our team that are able to do a million things in a minute. I don't even know how these people do it. It's, it's really quite amazing to me how much work they can get done in such a short amount of time and, and can handle multiple projects at the same time. It's, it's a really cool trait of that generation. And then we have Gen Xers who you know, really think things through, are very methodical, maybe overthink things a little bit and therefore make us stronger in that way. And we have boomers on our team that have uh, experience that cannot be bought or paid for. Um, and it's so important to hear what they have to say and beyond. And I think, and that's just age. Beyond age, there's all kinds of other diversity that we really try to incorporate in our team, whether that's uh, race or abilities and talents, all of those kinds of things also really, really matter. So that's been a very important part of creating a strong team, diversity. And then in addition to that, you want to make sure that you have the right team member doing the right projects, or like I, I like to say, on the right seat of the bus. So when you have a team member who's particularly strong in a certain area and you give them tasks that speak to that strength, you're going to have a stronger team. And on the converse, where you have a person who is not particularly strong in an area and you keep giving them projects that they are not really great at, they're going to hate their work and maybe even hate their life. And they're also going to do a poor job of that task. So really getting to know the strengths of your team and where you should place them is a really important part of creating a strong team as a whole. And once you develop that strong team and you have the people on the right seat in the bus and you surround yourself with people who challenge you, you're going to get some big personalities, big ideas. How do you build a strong, cohesive team with all of those different personalities and strengths? Well, I think that speaks back again to making sure that everybody's on the right seat. When you have big personalities, first of all, I say bring it on. I love big personalities because they bring uh, 
excitement and ideas and challenge to the team, which can only make you bigger and, and better and, and grow what you have. So I think those things are really important. But if you have a big personality in the wrong place of the team, then that's where you can have some breakdown. So if you're fine, if you're struggling with that as a, as a business owner, I think you need to look at where you have that person placed and maybe they need to be placed in a different role that's going to better suit their strengths and personality. And would you say that that is how you get these great ideas that come from acrobatic arts? 100%. We have beautiful artists on our team. And the thing about the artist is they sometimes come with really amazing ideas, maybe even ideas that are too big. Um, but often the artist has a really hard time making those things reality. So it's important to make sure that you have the artist in a place where they can bring those ideas to you and, and flush them out. But then you also have a team, a network behind you that can actually make those ideas reality. And that's a really important part because we can have the biggest ideas in the world, but if we don't make them into something that is going to go out and uh, out into the public and benefit the community, then that idea doesn't really grow and it doesn't get any bigger than it is. So how do you encourage creative thinking from your team? I think the reason my team feels like they can be creative is because I've created a safe space where they can come to me with any idea and there are no ideas that are bad. And um, creativity needs that. It needs to feel free and open. If you create a space where people are scared to come and talk to you and bring you their ideas, then you're less likely to see that creativity grow. And sometimes the ideas are too big and sometimes the ideas um, are not financially sustainable and you know all of those things. But I, I hope that everyone on my team still feels like they are free to bring me those ideas and they won't ever get ridiculed or made fun of. And if at all possible, I will try to make that idea reality in some way or form. It might not look exactly the way they brought it to me, but it will have um, some pieces of that, that big idea, that big creativity in what we are able to produce. Now, Mandy, you have all the creative ideas coming to you. You're an open leader. What are you doing to ensure that you continue to grow and develop as a leader and that your team continues to grow and develop? Oh, great question. I think it's so important that I continue to grow because if I'm not growing, how can I really lead a company to grow? So um, that's been a, a really important piece of my journey, especially over the last five years. And I think the most important thing that I've done uh, over this last little bit is to find a, a group of women who can encourage and spur me on to make sure that I'm still growing. And uh, I was really lucky to become involved with a group. We call ourselves the Vision Sisters. And these are all women in, in our industry who run larger, medium to large businesses uh, within the dance community. And we get together on Zoom quite often. And then once a year, we try to get together as a group in person. And, you know, we just talk, we bring each other our ideas, we bring each other our accomplishments, we bring each other our challenges. And it really helps us to, um, to grow, to stay connected, to feel like we have some peers in the, in the space. And if you don't already have a group like that, I would really encourage uh, you and, and our listeners to, to seek that out, to find a place where you can um, have your peers help you with running your business and, and spur you on. 
I'm also super encouraged by this group of women who are doing amazing things from running amazing businesses to taking more classes at school to uh, leadership conferences and all kinds of other ideas. And that helps me to grow. So I think that that's a, that's a really important piece of running a business. And what about your team? How do you help them grow and develop? Professional development of my team is also super, super important to me. Uh, so we do a bunch of things at Acrobatic Arts. We have an annual training that my team, it's actually mandatory for my team. I'm not sure that they absolutely love it, but it is really good for them where they do a, an annual training through our systems. And we make sure that everyone is on the same page with how we're teaching things and, and also how we're evaluating things when we go out and examine the work in the field. Uh, we also finish out each year with an annual staff meeting. And that allows us to bring all of our staff together worldwide. It's been a little bit tricky during the pandemic, granted, but we were able to still hold something this year where we got everyone together. And that helps us to develop as a team. It, it allows our members to challenge each other because we're learning about the other amazing things that the team members are doing. And it also gives me an opportunity to share the successes and also challenge our team for the next season. So I think that that's really important. Additionally, my team is very committed to professional development outside of that. And we do fund some of those experiences for the team in order for them to take professional development uh, seriously and make sure that they get in on courses and things like that. Um, but I think because they see the rest of our team doing it, you know, when, you, when someone is doing good, it kind of raises everyone up. And that happens for sure with acrobatic arts. Over the past 10 years of acrobatic arts, what's the one thing you've learned that you think every business owner should know? I think every business owner should know that you don't need to do it all by yourself. You need to find people and surround yourself with people who are going to help you. And I know that at the beginning, that is really, really difficult because at the beginning of acrobatic arts, believe it or not, it was a one woman show. I taught the courses and I ran the exams and I did the administration and I created the tech and I, you know, I was doing all of the things. However, outside of the business itself, I had amazing friends that were willing to sit down for coffee with me and give me ideas or listen to me do a presentation before I had to do it for real so that I didn't have to feel like I was completely alone. So my advice to people who are starting out in business is even if you can't afford to hire people to be underneath you yet, find people who are doing similar things and share with each other your time, because I think it's so, so important that there are other people involved in what you're creating. Otherwise, it's really, really difficult to, um, to grow, and it's really difficult to stay excited and to stay involved and invested um, without other humans helping you with that process. That's awesome. Mandy, even though I'm not a business owner, I think everyone can take away something from what you've said, and I think you've given us so much. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but we're starting something new on the podcast this season, and we're letting some of the listeners ask questions. Oh, and how exciting. It is exciting, and this is our first try at it. Um, so we have a few questions from podcast listeners. To start us off, we have Grace from the UK, and the question is, it seems like acrobatic arts has already achieved so much. What's one goal you haven't achieved for acrobatic arts, but hope to someday? Great question, Grace. Thanks for writing in. 
we have so many goals. Sometimes my head is just flooded with them. So it's hard to just pick one. But if I was to choose one thing to share with you, we really have a goal right now of translating our syllabus for more languages. And especially in Asian countries, being able to see the syllabus grow in those areas. We have lots of teachers who are really interested, but the fact that our syllabus is only in English has been a bit of a limitation for us to be able to grow in those spaces. So that's a, an area we would really like to see um, improve over the next little while. And it's a, a goal that I, I personally have as well. Next question from Emily in Australia wants to know your number one top tip for studio owners. Hi, Emily. So nice to hear from you. My top tip for studio owners actually goes back to something I said earlier in our podcast, and that is try not to get emotional about it. And, and it's, it is everything. So try not to get emotional when a new studio opens up next door. Try not to get, to get emotional when someone else uses advertising that is similar to yours. Try not to get emotional when someone uses the same music and costume as you did last year. Try not to get emotional when a dancer uh, decides that they need to move on from your studio to another space. If you can learn how to not be emotional about those kinds of things as a studio owner, I think it gives you a much better platform to grow and to be creative. And I know that is so difficult. Uh, the one with the students is a particularly difficult thing for studio owners because these children become almost like our own children. We spend so much time with them. But if you can reframe it in your mind as you gave them something that allowed them to grow and then to move on to something else, and you can see that as being a benefit to that child and, and to their growth as being a human, I think it can really change how you see it and how you feel about those things happening. I hope that helps, Emily. And this next one's a good one from Sam in the United States. What's the one country acrobatic arts is not yet active in that you hope to be soon? Thanks for asking, Sam. That goes back to my first question as well. Um, so it really is a lot of Asian countries that we're, we're trying to make that difference in. Right now, we're really working uh, diligently with a girl in Japan to see if we can expand a little bit more in Japan. I would also really like to see us in China, where we have a very small footprint there as well. We've got a few studios in Singapore, and we're really excited about that uh, because I think we can really grow in that area, and I love Singapore. A little side note here, just a little secret. My, one of my main motivations for getting acrobatic arts in all these countries is because I love to go to all of these places. And so having having studios there really does help my travel plans and my, my travel bug. So uh, Singapore is another great place. And then we have a great partnership that we're developing with Vietnam right now. And we're super excited about that partnership because I think we'll see acrobatic arts really grow in Vietnam through that partnership. Well, now we know, Sam, the motivation behind Mandy yep, creating acrobatic arts is to travel. <laughs> Absolutely. And I have one more question from podcast listener Charlene. And it doesn't say where Charlene is from, but um, we're glad you're listening, Charlene. And the question is, when do you find the time to sleep? <laughs> you know what, Charlene? I love to sleep. And Miss Loren is aware of this. But I get eight hours every night and I take a nap every single day. My nap's only 15 minutes, but I do take that time. 
And it might sound like it would cause me not to be able to be as productive, but it actually has the opposite effect for me. And I actually highly recommend it if you can make it work for you. So I get up early in the morning, I work for about four or five hours, and then I have my lunch and I have a little nap and then I get up and it's almost like I have a whole brand new day and I do another four hours or so. And then I spend time with my family and, um, and then I go to sleep at a regular, at a regular hour. So yeah, I love sleep. <laughs> but you know, I think it probably took you some time to figure out that schedule and your work-life balance. 100%. When I owned my studio, I had zero work-life balance, uh, which is one of the reasons I actually had to sell it. And the pain of having to sell my studio was so great that when I started Acrobatic Arts, I knew that I was never going to get myself in that position again. And so I set up parameters and rules for my own self and was diligent in never stepping outside of those rules uh, because it was worse to sell it than it would be to take the time off and, and get sleep and spend time with my family. So um, I think the pain of that was so instrumental in how I created what I, what I do now. Mm. So thank you everyone who sent in a question and we'll be asking for more for different guests that we have on. But Mandy, as we leave behind 2021, can you tell us anything new and exciting that Acrobatic Arts is working on and that we can look forward to in 2022? Yeah, we just launched something called Baton Arts. And this is such a dear topic to my heart because I was a baton twirler growing up and baton was my life as a young teen. Well, actually as a teenager, all the way through my teen years. And so I'm, I'm really excited that we're able to create a syllabus for baton twirlers and something that's foundational for studio owners who maybe have never even touched a baton before, but think that that might be an interesting addition to their studio to add. So I'm really excited about that program. It's only been live for about a month or two here. So it's, it's brand new. So that's been very exciting. Aerial Arts for us is still a brand new program as well. Although it's been running for about a year, our first practical sessions have just only taken place in December and January. Uh, so that's been very exciting also to see the growth in that program and see dance studios start to incorporate Aerial into their studios safely with amazing teaching behind it. And we are so lucky to have amazing people spurring on both of these projects. We have world champions, Mark Nash and Jennifer Marcus, and also you, Miss Loren, who've trained world champions, creating that baton art syllabus. And then on the aerial arts, having Megan Wegg lead the way on that. I mean, she is just a treasure to the aerial community. So it's been really fun creating those programs. Fantastic. As always, Mandy, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for being our special guest today. Thanks, Ms. Loren, and thank you for all the hard work you're doing on the podcast. It's one of my favorite things to do, to turn on the Acrobatic Arts podcast on my drive to the studio or wherever I, wherever I seem to be headed that day, and listen to the amazing people that you've been able to gather together and such wonderful advice and such great commentary on topics that are so relevant to our community. I, I just can't thank you enough. Aw, thank you. As I mentioned, we are starting something new this season, and we want you to get involved. One of our next guests is Tim Buckley. Tim is a physiotherapist who has worked with some amazing dancers and acrobats. If you have a question for Tim, please send your question to podcast at acrobaticarts.com 
and we will try to include it during Tim's episode. Hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day.